Best feelings in the world. One, proving somebody wrong after an elaborate, lengthy argument. Two, when you put that Q-tip and you, you really get that ear click going and you really get that feeling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And three, when you walk away from your draft knowing that you absolutely dominated and those early round studs are going to produce. Yo, what is going on? Sleeper and 32-bit nation. It is your boy Natter alongside the number one Australian analyst. Sheehan, how you doing over there? I'm living the dream, mate. Damn We've straight, had baby. football back. There's yes. going to be more football back. In fact, football is so fucking back until the Super Bowl. And you know Technically, what? Yeah. The world's a better place for it. It really is. And my feed has been uh, clumped up and clattered with stuff that I really couldn't care less about. And we had a mini micro discussion about something that you didn't know about that I really wish I didn't know about on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not even going to bring it up. It's, it doesn't deserve to be brought up. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's an entertaining rabbit hole to jump into Twitter. But God, I feel like my two brain cells are fighting for third place whenever I open Twitter. I mean, you know, you live it in the past, man. It's called X these days. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's, I forgot. It's, new shiny names same great dickheads everywhere you look isn't that just rebranding but with more effort yeah a little bit yeah yeah okay well hmm. while i ponder on that thought for a while on this today's episode we're going to be talking about the early rounds of the draft more specifically we're probably going to deep dive uh, i'm going to go about one through five probably this episode yeah depending on time and how long we take is that fair yeah, I think so. I think, uh, I think at, pretty after five rounds, your team's starting to take shape. They're your big dogs. Like, the you alphas. can't, you know, you can't win your league at the draft, but you can lose it, all that sort of stuff. That's the point where you look and go, you you need to feel comfortable after that, because if you work away feeling dirty, then what, as soon as the injuries take over, you're going to feel even worse. Yeah, and especially when you aren't confident in the early rounds it's just going to leak into the later stages where you might start reaching for somebody that realistically doesn't even deserve to be drafted when you are just kind of throwing dartboards hoping somebody sticks and then you're just kind of digging yourself in a deeper and deeper hole the first four picks in my opinion the first four picks they're your foundation of a team the foundation of a house the foundation of any type of analogy you could use and you're supposed to have a solid foundation, a consistent foundation that is going to consistently put you fantasy points to really solidify your team. And then the exterior is just kind of the bonus. The the tomatoes, the lettuce, the onions, the condiments. You start mixing metaphors. You're building a house, you're making a sandwich. I don't both. Both. Honestly, a sandwich I don't house. Know. A sandwich house. It's a it's a goddamn sandwich house that needs to be Speaking stable. The the Speaking of yeah, sandwiches, I could kill for jersey mics well ask your wife to make you one isn't that her job uh it is certainly not yeah it is it really is come on don't she she may be from jersey but she's uh she's no mic um she should make you a sandwich. <laughs> 
was going to say, let me ask you a question while okay. we're talking about families. How many leagues is too many leagues to be in? For, like, just a normal person. We're not talking about degenerates like you or, you know, slightly cooler degenerates like me. Three. Three. Three, yes. And I would prefer you make sure the rules are different in all three leagues. Like, for example, a dynasty, um, half-point PPR, and then, you know, standard or full-point or, you know, super flex no tight end, you know, three RB, something, you know, something more. Yeah. So make make of, sure you diversify. Flavor. Yes. Yes. A bit of, bit of something, something. I asked this because we were re-upping our family league uh, last weekend. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, one of the wife's cousins comes out with, oh, I'm not joining this year because I'm already in four leagues. Now, this guy finishes second last last and we just mercilessly bully him. Fair. Because he's terrible and like he'll come away from the draft be like my team's so good and then three weeks in he doesn't do anything and be like no it's shit I've got injuries. I think there's no excuse to not be in a family league. Family leagues are different. You should always be in a family. You don't say no to family. Actually you should say no to family a majority of time but yes. when it comes to fantasy football you don't say no to family. Yeah. It, especially fantasy football. Come on. You, you just got to join. It's one of those things where people make the argument and it happened in a couple of leagues of mine where people said the stupidest thing ever, where they said, I don't have time for fantasy football. Realistically, how long does fantasy football take to do? Like you could spend minimal amounts of effort and still have a solid team. Uh, waivers once a week for five minutes, placing them saturday night or or you know wednesday night whatever you could set your lineup it's really not that hard to follow fantasy football it's you know if you want to put the extra time and effort to be great at it and win yeah of course that's why you listen to this podcast you do a little bit more research on the side and then you can conform your own conclusions but it's really not that hard i mean how long does it take a uh, how long does it take to take a shit like everyone's in there on their phones anyway instead of doom scrolling through tiktok you do your little you do your waivers stinker tinker time I don't understand that argument. I feel like people are just salty that they keep losing, and then that's their excuse. This is it. And, like, the family want to put money in this year. I've won it two years in a row, and I'm clearly going to win it for a third. But they're all like, oh, why don't we play for money? Why don't we play for money? I'm like, if you're so desperate to give me money, just give me your money. I will happily beat you. That's the point. I just want to take your money. Yeah, I do now. Instead of just this really, really cool trophy, which is not really going to work in a, a uh, an audio medium, but you'll get to see it. It's a, oh, <laughs> it's a middle finger. <laughs> nice. Nice. I respect it. I respect it a lot. I mean, to, to fully answer your question, five leagues probably is starting like where you're getting excessive. Three. I, I think you're right with three. This, yeah. You want one, like a dynasty, I don't think counts. Yes, you've got to set your lineup, but like, you're not really doing waivers during the season. Like, you, your drafts at a different time of year, you, your energy is required at a different time of year. I don't think dynasty really counts. That's fair. Um, and this is coming as a man who plays almost exclusively dynasty and like to redraft. I, and again, I still think redraft is way more fun than dynasty. Maybe it's, I might be an outlier on that one, but redraft, the draft process for me is just so much fun. And dynasty, it just doesn't have that type of pizzazz to it. 
it's... I feel like the... The more I think about it, and the, the longer I, I do it, I kind of just like it all. Redraft? Like, I've even, I, redraft, Dynasty, I'm even enjoying Best Ball. Like, you're just in a draft. I'm in a slow draft with no timer for Best Ball. doesn't really matter. It's just fun to, like, pick players and banter back and forth with some guys that I like. And at the end of the season, that league, I was like, why am I picking last? They're like, because you won. I was like, ah. Oh. I didn't even know. That's probably not a great way to play fantasy football. You want to be plugged in. But, you know, it's just fun. It's it's fun to be drafting this time of year. It really is. The But I will say, so Dynasty is fun. My biggest knock on Dynasty is that half the teams, depending on how serious the league is, a lot of the teams are tanking. Mm. Maybe like three teams are tanking and it just kind of skews the league up where there's only going to be about two or three teams that are consistently competing for about three years. And then after that, you know, maybe a player goes bad, falls off, gets hurt, retires, yada, yada. And then maybe there's a shakeup, but still I feel like all the times you're kind of either in championship or tanking mode. I mean, absolutely. If you're not competing, you should be trying to get assets, but I think, I don't know what the average lifespan for a dynasty league is. You know, you, you hear outlier stories of groups of mates who've been playing it for 10 years or, or 15 years. I think most of them are like two to three years and then you have people, there'll be turnover, blah, blah, blah. The mistake people make, certainly from the startup, is not trying to win immediately. Yes, yes. Like you try and win and then you mortgage future assets to try and win the next year and the next year and the next year like the Rams and sure the bill might come due at some point but like at that point you should have already won yeah I will I will agree with you on that one at that point I feel like you should have won I just want to shout out to my fat dynasty league because I think we're going on year five right now they've been going on before me I actually uh, grandfathered a team and that's yep. how I got into that league and I think we're going on year five so that, that's always cool I really appreciate that when uh, a team's uh, a league is able to consistently kind of stick together. Like that group chat is kind of dead until dynasty season starts, and then all of a sudden, livens back up. It's always fun that way. I'm in. Um, I'm in one. I think we've been going for seven years. Nice, nice. Uh, it's a twelve team, and I think there's seven or eight of the originals still in there. And then there's one other guy who joined in like our second season. And we've had a couple, a little bit of turnover in the last two years. But even still, like it feels like a stable league. Like you need, that's where you start to build the rivalries and stuff like that. Exactly. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. But hey, all right now we got some drafting to do. And we do. This is where the discussion is going to start. Did you pick your position yet? I went for team six. You went for team six? All right. I, I hit three just, just for the hell of it. I don't think it really matters too much. I don't think so either. I feel like six is where you... Like, because last time we did this, I was right at the back of the draft. Six is where that, you know, you've got to make that first call and we'll get that. And then you're probably just far enough away from the turn to not be able to double click. Yes. Or double tap. Double tap. So what what are the rules here? You set the mock draft up. Oh yeah, you know what? I forgot to check the rules. Um, 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 I'm looking at the draft settings right now. So we're going at half point PPR, ten teams, two. Who cares about the minutes? All players. 
yada yada um roster settings that's the that was the one i was looking for let's see qb two rbs three wide receivers we want three wide receivers two rbs one flex and then five benches how about that is that enough spice for you is that standard that's that's good okay general setting let me there we go all right i think we did it right there i nailed it i just wanted to let you know i nailed it maybe you'll see it later but i nailed it nailed it nailed it i don't think we'll be publishing this what the hell i just (laughs) realized what you called the mock draft yeah (laughs) that was it right there baby we nailed it yeah yeah we're not publishing that but yeah no absolutely not maybe maybe i will who knows all right so we are going to start i cheated i I just want you know i just cheated i switched from third to second i just want to let you know that in case you didn't notice, I, I just did it. Yeah. Okay, so why did I do that? Because I just wanted to start the discussion right now. Okay, it's 101, Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey. Who are you taking? We've had this discussion before, but I just want to come back to it just in case your opinion has changed. I kind of still think it's Austin Eckler. God, no. Why Actually, not? you know what? Now, he was the number what? one running back last year. I thought he was the number one overall last year, and he yeah, turned actually out was. to be. Yeah, actually, he was. He was. Yes, there's a new coordinator for the Chargers, but they're going to run him into the ground. No, usually the Chargers are pretty good about giving him breaks. I mean, I this say. is his last season there. I guarantee it. They are going to try and get every meat off that bone. They need to, like... They're not a rich team. They need to get into the. Uh, they need to get in the playoffs now. Every time somebody's on the contract year, everyone says, "Oh, they're just going to run him into the ground, run him into the ground, run him into the ground." Wouldn't they more intelligently try to figure out a backup option in the meantime, which is maybe find out if Joshua Kelly is a semi-decent running back, or should they go for He's somebody not. like Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook would be interesting there, but I think you know that over eggs the pudding slightly like you don't you don't need cook and eckler correct now you need so you need okay. a vertical runner between the tackles like i would think rather than cook if they're going that right uh going that route i would say um zeke is probably a better pick yikes yeah that just sounded nasty i don't like that at all so right now i'm looking at chris mccaffrey and in ppr he had 300 depending on the league rules 356 fantasy points. Austin Eckler had 372. And while I'm also looking at it, Justin Jefferson, surprisingly, had 368. Actually, I'm not saying surprisingly as it's like that's high. I'm saying surprisingly as that I kind of expected a little bit more out of him. And out of curiosity, I decided to look at it for big play weeks. You know, it's it's you know, he had the fantasy points that match up to the running backs, right? But how consistent was he? And when I look at it, uh, I'm looking at him right now in PPR. I'm going at, he had one game, two game, three games, four games, uh, uh, uh. five games, six games, and seven games. Over 30 points of fantasy. And one of them I didn't count, but he had 29 and a half. So technically, uh. add one more to that. But at the same time, you would think if you had seven games of over 30 fantasy points, you'd be killing it. But he had one of 10, four, six, two and a half. Yikes. 
So, go ahead. Injured? No, he played all games. No, I meant like, did he did he miss time during? Exam? I have no idea. No idea. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you on that one. It's a Green Bay. Uh, at the end of the year, it might not even have counted, depending on how your league set everything up. Actually, I think that would have been your championship week. That's a yikes, sir. Uh, uh, if it was last week of the year, they might have rested him. No, no, no. He actually played the last week of the year because I think they needed a win for the bye week. Uh, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, that, of course, he has the incredible ceiling of, yeah, he'll win you a week, but first overall putting up 5-2, I think it was, 6, 4.5 fantasy points, that, that, that'll lose you a week right there. You know, with Christian McCaffrey, that's not going to happen considering his worst week was, as I look at it right now, his work week was actually his first week as a niner when he didn't even play the full week for the full game at eight eight fantasy points. That was his lowest. He actually only had one, one game of over 30, but he had one, two, three. Actually, he had one, he had one game in the 40 burgers. So he had three, two of them. And then one, two, three, four, five, six. Six games of over 20. So he was definitely on the higher ceiling. Higher, higher. Actually, I should say he had the above average games more consistently than Judge Jefferson did. Are you following me so far right now? Yeah, no, I, I get you. I'm I get you. Me. Okay. And right now, Austin Eckler, he's looking almost incredibly identical to Christian McCaffrey as I'm just running the numbers right now. He had more 30 point games. Yeah, well, I mean, Eckler's the focus of that offense, isn't he? Yes, they have Mike Williams. Yes, they have Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen. But the the offense runs through Eckler. The offense does run through Eckler. And I do want to give Eckler a slight nod, a slight nod on top because he doesn't really get injured as much as Christian McCaffrey does. Now, does he? I mean, McCaffrey's had those high-profile injuries. He always... I know it's a bit of a trope. He always seems to be injured. I'm sure that's not really the case. I'm sure it's just narrative at this point. But Eckler's been pretty durable. He has been, especially for a smaller guy. You would think something like him, and his biggest knack was, oh, he can't be a workload, workload back. He kind of has been, in a way. And mm. he's been more than a workload back. He's been incredibly productive while carrying the same workload as somebody like Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey or any have type of the, other running back. Have you got the numbers in front of you there for Eckler? Yes. Um, actually, I could look, and then I could huh. just make my own argument. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, so last year, Eckler had... Let's have a look here. He had 204 rushing attempts, 127 targets. So from that perspective alone, he's got 330, 331 opportunities to score fantasy points. That's 120 more than Jefferson. Yes. And we know that targets are worth more than carries. That's fine. But that is a lot. And, you know, Eckler still had 127 targets for 107 receptions, 700 yards, 900 on the ground. I thought he got closer to 1K, 1K. That's possible for him this year. 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. The thing I would say about Jefferson, and we had this discussion about Cooper Cup last year. So Cup was amazing two years ago. And people are like, is he first overall? Is he top three? That sort of thing. And the discussion that we had at that time was, he's like, 
he's clearly peaked. He's not getting any better than this. Do you think that's the case with Jefferson? He had 184 targets last year. No Adam Thielen this year. Yes, there's Jordan Addison, but I think there is room for him to have over 200 targets. That probably puts his catches up to 150, um, and, and then his yardage probably goes up. It's 1,800, so that it's probably going to be between 1,800 and, and 2,000. He probably is going to be the first 2,000-yard receiver. I'm going to... Um, okay, go ahead, keep going. That, but that's still... Even if we're projecting that, that's still a hundred less opportunities than Eckler. That is a you know that is a topic that I was actually going to bring up after after this, and I was kind of just leading up to it, but I guess you beat me to the punch on that one. So you know what, we're still back. Actually, we're at the same point where I wanted us to be in the discussion. How about that? Get it. <laughs> so I mean, I was just about to tell you, like, remember last year when we were discussing Cooper Cup yeah. that. We were arguing that you're drafting him for what he could be, not for what he is. And I think that's what we're doing with Justin Jefferson. Not we, but I think that's what people are doing with Justin Jefferson, drafting him this high. You're just thinking what he could do more, what he possibly could do. How much more could he have? And usually in the early rounds, you don't want to draft somebody for what he could do. You want to draft somebody for what he is going to do based on what he has done the previous seasons. Like, you know, Chris McCaffrey, he's going to get his touches. He's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touchdowns in that Shanahan offense. You know, Austin Eckler is going to get those touches. He's going to get those yards. He's going to get those touchdowns in that Chargers offense. Justin Jefferson, yeah, he's going to get his. But is it going to be on a more consistent and reliable level that a running back of those two caliber are going to do? No. In my personal opinion, no. Especially drafting him 101, 102. 103, you're starting to like, okay, you know, I can handle that. Uh, 104, after that, you know, no problem. No problem taking Justin Jefferson. But uh, last year, he was drafted around the 106 mark. And that was what he was producing. So it justified him going that high. Now I think you're drafting him at what he could potentially be doing or what his ceiling is now in that offense. I just think that's I mean, a big mistake. His ceiling is the 101. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with taking him 101. I'm his, not sure it's my preference. His ceiling but, is 101, yes, but Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are 101. I think, I think there's no wrong answer here. I think you've got McCaffrey and Eckler who have that higher floor because a running back gives you a higher floor. Their ceiling is probably slightly lower, but week to week they might give you an extra couple of points. That saying, Jefferson has the potential to blow up and win your week, as as do they all. Um, don't get me wrong. I think if you're on the clock at 101 and you want a wide receiver, take Jefferson. I don't think that's a wrong answer. Maybe I think if it... I was in the same position, I, I would... But that's down to how I like to build my team. I think it is the wrong answer to take a wide receiver that early. One, not because it's Justin Jefferson or everything that we just talked about a moment ago, but the fact that your next draft pick is, what, 23 picks away, 20 picks hmm. away, 19 picks away. You, uh, the RBs are gone. That's it. You, your, your best chance is getting an RB to it. Uh, it, when it's your turn you 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 just you yeah you got justin jefferson that's cool 
your RBs are looking weak now. You you have to be comfortable going zero RB if you go Jefferson one hundred one. That's <sighs> that's the nature of. It. And, and, but, and I yeah, think that's okay. There's more than one way to play the game. There's more than one but way you, to play. That the, means you have to nail those mid round picks. It's it's tough because usually the people that get drafted early they always have the elite RBs and they always start steroided up. Usually people go zero RB at the end of the draft because they're just isn't enough RBs to justify taking them there. I, I just I think, think this, you're shooting yourself in the foot by doing that. This year, I think your zero RB slots are probably the first, you know, the first pick and then the last two picks. I think they're your zero RB slots. That's if you go Jefferson. Obviously, if you're going McCaffrey or Eckler, then you're not going. You're potentially not going zero RB. But you could also just take them there and then go on a run of wide receivers and and essentially you're doing kind of uh the the club sandwich approach that i've talked about before where yes you're still doing that lots of wide receivers you've got your your band of um of filling in the middle and then the little olive on top is is that premium running back i think i'm I'm okay with i'm okay with jefferson i'm okay with McCaffrey, I'm okay with Eckler. I think injury to a degree is kind of overplayed. Any player could step out of his house and get run over by a bus. Like injury just happens. It's it's nature. And you know what? If your first player overall gets injured, yeah, that sucks. But that's the game. It is the game, and it, it, it can happen to anybody, and it will happen to everybody. It just happened to happen to you early on. Yeah, but I'm gonna agree. I think right now, if you're 101, 102. You should be looking at a, a potentially sandwich approach depending on how the second and third round develop with everybody else picking. But I think if you're able to nab, for example, Chris McCaffrey or Austin Eckler, and then later on, as I look down to wide receivers, you're able to come back and take a, a D. Adams, Monroe St. Brown, uh, Wilson or Waddle, something like that. Double tap on those two and then come back around in the fourth round and you're you, you know you're snagging Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. I think after that you kind of have a nice sandwich where you have elite RB you have an elite RB and a solid starter and then you got really good solid wide receivers. I think that way you kind of really create your team. Yep. And you don't have to sacrifice heavily in the wide receiver position or you don't have to sacrifice sorry i mean in the running back position the way you would if you happen to take a justin jefferson 101 or 102 so you're taking austin eckler 101 i'm okay with any of the three uh i i would probably take eckler yeah, I just I'm, he's yeah. the he's the one I like the most out of them, and that's what it comes down to. It's not a fantasy guess at that point. It's not a fantasy projection at that point. Yes, I think Eckler's the best of them, but I just like watching him. I like having him on my team, and that's I think fair. at that point, that's an okay tiebreaker to have. That's fair. You know what? I'm not going to knock on that one. Sometimes, and, and honestly, this this is what fantasy football comes down to: is do you enjoy watching the player play? Because Chances are you're going to watch that player play when he's on your fantasy team. Watching a Justin Jefferson, yeah, it's fun. It's fun watch, watching wide receiver make a big play. Is that the most fantasy viable thing? No. Realistically, no. It's not the most fantasy viable option to do with your 101. Taking Alston Eckler and Christian McCaffrey are definitely more fantasy viable. Now, which one of the two you're going to take? 
again, it's going to be another toss up, but I will actually look at the division on this one on run defense in the division. I think when you have a toss up, this is what you also want to look at, especially in the running back position, who has a better run defense and how do you think that team is going to do throughout the year? If they're losing games, then they're mostly passing, but honestly, in these two, they're game script proof, game script proof because they're winning, they're getting carries, they're losing, they're getting receptions. Honestly, it might be better for them to be losing. Don't you agree? Uh, well, potentially because they're both pass catching back. Yeah, but yeah, also the game's it doesn't proof. really matter because if you're down, you're going to get the ball in your hands of your best players anyway. Yeah, that's fair. So run defense. The AFC is looking real scary. I don't know, actually. You know what? Like, no. Kind of neither of them play on a team with a big play threat either. We talked about that with Miami last year from memory. Is that their running backs, your ceiling is always kind of limited because Hill and Waddle are capable of breaking off a big play and all of a sudden a 60-yard play, fantastic, it's exciting, but that's potentially six touches for your player that have gone begging. Um, yes. So, you know... Yes, Debo Samuel and, and Brandon Ayuka are big play threats. Yes, Mike Williams is. But by and in large, these are, um, to to borrow a line from uh, Hank Schramm, these are teams that matriculate the ball down the field. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Now, a side note, just for the going back to the McCaffrey-Eckler debate, uh, divisional-wise, the Cardinals surprisingly had a top eight run defense the rams had a bottom yeah yeah you would think so like teams ran on them a lot yeah they actually maybe not maybe they were so poxy with their passing defense that they didn't need to stop like teams didn't need to run yeah you know what hold on let me double check my filter i'm gonna go straight on rushing yards actually rushing yards that changes the that changes the dynamic so that means Okay, that means the Rams were a top 15. So they were 15th. Cardinals were 16th, right behind them. And then the Seahawks... That's just middle of the pack. The middle of the pack. And then the uh, the Seahawks were uh, third to the last in yards allowed. So that's a bottom tier. Bottom tier to... Like, uh, that's, that's eight decent matchups a year, considering... They may, they probably have beefed up the defensive line, maybe on both teams. Aaron Donald's back. That might be a little bit skewed. And right now, as I look at it, the Chiefs had a top, top right on nine run defense. But I mean, teams got to pass a lot on them. And then you had the, yeah. the Raiders, Raiders middle of the pack. And then the last team is the uh, Broncos. 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 And they're also middle of the pack as well. Okay, so. Take that with a grain of salt with Hugo. But I think the... Aaron, Aaron Donald's the only one yeah. in that seven teams that really scares me. Yes. I mean, yeah, you've got like Nick Bosa and so forth in San Francisco. It's not really a worry for Christian McCaffrey, of course. Yeah. But um, Don- Donald's the only one that, that scares me. And even then. Niners usually do good on the, the Rams anyway. So, I mean, personal preference, again, like you said, it's who you like to see. Hmm. Out of the running backs, I'm telling you, just don't do Justin Jefferson. But out of the running backs of Austin Eckler, it's kind of which one you like more. Now, at this point, I'm going to be taking Christian McCaffrey. One, I like the Niners. Two, I'm going to watch the Niners. Three, Niners have a lot of primetime games. It's fun to watch those primetime games. Uh, yeah. Then Austin Eckler. 
that's fair enough. That's 100% fair enough. Yeah. All right. Start this draft. All right. I realize we've been talking about yeah, it for no. 20 minutes. Yeah, we have. But I mean, of course, this is the, this is what this episode specifically about. It is the early rounds. Now, I'm going to hit start draft. I am the pick two. And boom. Austin, oh, hey, hey, that person, he's listening to the podcast considering he just took Austin Eckler all, all over all of them. I'm taking my boy Christian McCaffrey. And then, uh, oh, okay, we are. Hold well, this is what? I'm on the clock at the 106. Yeah, yeah hold on. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> what? Okay, you know what? I'm pausing the draft for a second just because I need to discuss this. But this is the beauty of drafting yeah, is it, it doesn't exist yeah. in a vacuum. And I think Sleeper have really t- like tinkered with their algorithm nicely because otherwise you just mock drafting. It's going ADP, ADP, ADP. You don't get anything out of that. There are weirdos in your draft. Weird things happen. People pick the names they remember. Travis Kelsey went three, which, okay, fair enough. Yeah. That's... Okay, cool. I I don't like that pick. No. I was what? probably going to talk him out the 106 and not take him. I had points. I had talking points for the 106. And they were going to be... It's probably too early for me to take Bijan Robinson. I'm okay to miss the bus on that. We've talked about that already. Yeah. Is that, like, yes, he might be fantastic. Yes, it's exciting to have that rookie... He's probably the most fun pick you can have because you can ride the bumps. That's assuming he's good. I'm happy to miss. I'm happy to miss out on him this year, and for us to have the discussion that we just had about Eckler and McCaffrey next year with Bijan Robinson in that conversation. But, uh, Cooper Cup at the 104. Yeah. No, thank you. I would think I'd rather have Jamar Chase. I'm not going to knock on somebody doing that. I'd much rather have Jamar Chase than Cooper Cup. I'd much rather have Justin Jefferson than Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase for that matter. But, I mean, you know what? Maybe he's going to stack Matthew Stafford with him and just absolutely dominate everybody. I We talked about this last week. If, you, if you're going for Cup, you need to get Stafford. Must, must get Stafford. Unless maybe Lamar Jackson drops to the fifth or sixth round. But if that doesn't happen, you're going for Matthew Stafford. Okay, so we got Kelsey at 103. I would say if you get to the 103 and your league allows drafting and Justin Jefferson is still on the board, I would potentially look to trade up to that 104. Yes. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Repeat that. So if, if Justin Jefferson is available... If your league available, allows trading during the draft... Yeah. ...and he's available at the 104... Yes. I would trade up to the 104. Yeah, I would try to trade up. What, what would you give up? Uh, yeah, probably my first and third round pick. First and third round. So you're you're not going for a swap. You just want that pick in general. I mean, sorry, hold on. You're looking to swap your pick my, and then give my a third. first and my third. Yeah. So you're we're swapping picks and then I get your third. Hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a I'd lot? probably maybe throw in a little bit of flavor like later on. Maybe you give the one or maybe you give your first and your second. No, and that's then too much. You get you and then you get back like a fourth or something like that. I don't know. That's a lot. Justin Jefferson for two players two your first and second round gone. That's asking for a lot. That, that is actually a lot. you're giving a lot. It is a lot, but you're paying a premium to trade up. You're paying a premium to get your player because essentially you're, you're bypassing. I mean, you could, you could stay pat and go, well, you know what? I'm happy with 
Jefferson, I'm happy with Chase, whoever it is. I'd give up a fourth. We swap, I'll give you my fourth. That's probably it depends as far where as you're coming from. Yeah. If you're coming from the 112, you're going to have to give up more. Yeah, yeah. 112, okay. Like, nice. if you're coming up from, like, the 1-6, no. then it's maybe, like, a fourth is getting it done. Yeah. But if you're coming from further back, it's always, it's about that value. Most leagues probably don't allow trading during the, the redraft draft anyway. There's not enough time to send an offer. Yeah, there usually isn't enough. It. Yeah, but man. I think the most I could do is a fourth. Third? Uh, I would be interested to do it and see how it played out. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Like, what, what would my team look like? Yeah, that'd be interesting. That's a good That's a good theory. Theory crafting, I like it. But right now, you're on the board. Cooper Cup with the 104. Jamar Chase at 1-5. Both, I can't, I can't knock on those picks. I think I'd rather, I would rather have Jamar Chase over Cup. But... If you're going vice versa, I'm not going to knock on you on that one because the Niners and the Seahawks and the Cardinals both have weak secondaries compared to uh, the Cincinnati's division with Pittsburgh, Ravens, and all that. I think uh, Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford, both reoccurring and uh, rejuvenating. I don't mind it at all. Travis Kelsey at 103, okay, that's that's too early. That, that's far too early. You're going Justin Jefferson right there, obviously. Uh, Kelsey, he's going to be in the background of the first. But right now, Sheehan, leave it to you. I That Kelsey early pick is just feeling like it's it's just trendy. I'm still processing it. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I'm going to go Jefferson here. We talked about picking your favorite player. I, I As always, I don't endorse his actions off the field. I would potentially look at Tyreek Hill here, but it, it's got to be Jefferson. If it, the discussion is Hill versus Cup versus Robinson, really at this pick, yes. Jefferson's on the bottom taking Jefferson. Yeah. All right. So let me pause the draft right here after the first round has been concluded. So Justin Jefferson. So okay, Justin Jefferson gets taken normally in the the one hundred three. And back to your pick. You're you saying you're taking Tyreek Hill there? At the one six or yes. one seven or one six. Uh, it, the discussion is probably if if this plays out properly, I Eckler McCaffrey are one two Jefferson is three. Yes. Then you're looking at probably Chase at four. Yeah. Then you're looking at some combination of Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey at that one six. Uh huh. Um, and you would and prefer. Probably Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. I think I'm going to agree with you on that one. Tyreek Hill. It, it's it's Hill or Kelsey. I'm okay. I'm okay missing out on Cup. Like if it's a little bit later, then maybe Cup. I'd probably prefer AJ Brown over Cooper Cup. Uh, okay. Uh, no, Cooper Cup has it's less a, wide it's receivers. A, it's, a, it's a better offense. Yeah, but Cooper Cup doesn't necessarily have the competition around him. As AJ Brown does, they are still a run-first offense, and they are also a. Uh, if we're at the five-yard line, uh, the running yeah. back is uh, hurts, so AJ, less yeah. opportunity for touchdowns for AJ Brown unless they're big plays, which I mean, which happens, but yeah, less opportunity. That's fair and reasonable. And then, so out of the uh, the just to reiterate, out of the cup, AJ Brown. 
Tyreek Hill. We're going to rank them as Tyreek Hill. You're going to go A.J. Brown Cup. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill Cup A.J. Brown. I just really like A.J. Brown. You like A.J. Brown. I do like A.J. Brown a lot. I think, I, I think he's really good. But personally, yeah. I think I'd rather have Cup. That way I have the opportunity to potentially get the Stafford stack. Um, yeah, actually, that that's a really good point. I, I think that that dictates your draft less. And that Hill does to a degree as well. I think, you know, potentially want to stack him with Tua. Um, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with any of them. If I walk away from with, with Cooper Cup, cool. Great. There we go. All right, so now after Tyreek Hill, Jonathan Taylor at the 108, A.J. Brown at the 109, Saquon Barkley at the 1010. I think the sorry not 1010, the 110. Saquon I th- I I like that pick a lot. I think uh, Saquon at the 110. Yeah, cuz right now you're looking at Saquon or Bijan Robinson. I think you should probably be taking Saquon over Bijan Robinson at a safety. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, just I mean his ceiling is you know, like you just mentioned in the trio of the you know, 101, 2, 3. But Saquon he could also be up there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we're looking at Bijan Robinson for the future. Saquon could finish the year as a, a top three running back. Was he like the RB3 last year or something? Yeah, so I mean, it's not like he had a bad year. So uh, He was the... Show player card. He is in PPR. He was RB5. Standard, he was RB6. Yeah, he had a big PPR year. Yeah, he was getting those receptions. He was getting those nice dink and dunks from Danny Dimes, which I expect to happen again. You know, he's going to be a big focal point on that offense. Uh, hopefully their wide receiving core stays a little bit healthier, allowing him to have those nice juicier checkdowns. Yep. So, I mean, if you take B. John Robinson, out of the, for the, just for the fun flavor of it, I'm not going to blame you. For the safety of it, and if you really want to compete, you're probably going to go Saquon Barkley. Now, you have yes. the opportunity, because you're the 110 and it's going to turn, you have the opportunity to get both. You can get Saquon Barkley and Bijan Robinson. Or you can get Saquon, Stefan Diggs, or you can ignore Bijan entirely and get Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb. You know, you have a plethora of opportunities now because so many wide receivers went off the board that you can still get an elite wide receiver and actually still get elite running back. You can get both. I think Barkley, Robinson, Barkley, Chubb, is the double tap to do that? Yeah, Barkley and in a Chubb. ten team. If you've got the opportunity to take, and this is not normally what I would say, if you've got the opportunity to take two potentially first round running backs, take it. Yeah, I'm always going to recommend RBs. When in doubt, take an RB. It'll never hurt you in the long run. All right, let's resume the draft. That was a nice first round. It was an interesting first round. A lot to discuss. A lot to talk about. Let's resume it and see how it goes. So let's see. We got Mahomes going first in the second round. Chubb taken right after that. Bijan Robinson, CD Lamb, and Sheehan, you are on the board. So let me just hit pause real fast. And uh, to to go over the hypotheticals and the teams that went beforehand. So right now, Team 7, we're right before you. Tyree Kill and CD Lamb. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Tyreek yeah, like Hill, obviously, I'm a fan. C.D. Lamb is, I think, in a sense, Cooper Cup light. He's the main man in that offense. Yes, there's uh, Brandon Cooks. Yes, there's Tony Pollard. Uh, yes, there's Michael Gallup. But C.D. will see 
will CD a lot of targets this year. Yeah, the only thing I think you could have potentially done is taken Tyreek Hill with Derrick Henry. That way you can solidify some RB. Now you're kind of looking weaker in the RB position. Maybe Josh Jacobs comes back okay. to you. I think it's not I'd a bad rather thing. CD over Henry. I think Henry is a little bit of a reach there. Yes, he's still hopefully a beast. Yes, he's no smaller than than he was. But I, I think CD Lamb's the pick there. And again, if you're starting your draft, it's a three. You need three wide receivers. Why not start Hill and Lamb most weeks? Your team still looks good. Definitely does. Now the, the pick before that, team eight, Jonathan Taylor and B.J. Robinson. I really like this one as well. These are going to be two That's, elite RBs right there in your I, slot. I think there are too many question marks over both of them. Really? Eh. Yes. Would, yes. Okay. Okay. I, I think the question mark over Taylor and the question mark over Robinson. That could be fine. It could be amazing. It could be two players who are borderline running back one, two. You could see a lot of meh weeks from both of them. I The combination I like most so far is AJ Brown, Nick Chubb. AJ Brown, yes. I'm going to agree with you. This is the team after that is AJ Brown, Nick Chubb. Now that you mention it, Jonathan Taylor and BJ, that's such a question. Yeah, you, when you said, oh yeah, it's a question mark, it kind of resonated a little bit. Yeah, that is a question mark. It could... We talk about complimentary drafting. Let's say we roll all the way up to your pick. And for whatever reason, it's not you. But you've gone Christian McCaffrey in the second round, you go Brees Hall. That's a weird combination to start with. And you're possibly shooting yourself in the foot because you're not drafting complementarily. You've got McCaffrey who has injury issues or, you know, noted to miss time from time to time. You've got Brees Hall coming off a knee injury. It just doesn't make sense as a combination to go with both. If you're going for the floor of a running back, then you, you kind of want to go stable with all of it. Like, I think if you're going Saquon Barkley, then yeah, you can go B. John Robinson. So what? Like, you can you can mix and match with that. You could go Nick Chubb as well. But I, th- I think that Taylor and Robinson, there are too many question marks over both to have both as your first two picks. That's the sort of guy who looks at his roster and goes, this is so good. We just talked about someone who would do this. My roster looks amazing. My roster looks amazing. And then come week six... They haven't really fired, and at that point, you you kind of need to run the table to make the playoffs. That's fair enough. I do I do like that thought process of yours right there. Uh, yeah, the, so far, like you mentioned, the AJ Brown, the Nick Chubb, they are very two complementary players. Where you know AJ Brown's going to get his, he's going to be consistent. Nick Chubb also going to get his, going to be consistent. He's going to be able to, both those are going to be able to put up very solid fantasy points, and they also have good ceilings. AJ Brown's going to have those big weeks. Nick Chubb, if ever he, you know, whenever he falls forward and lands into that end zone, he's going to post up a big week himself. Tyreek Hill and Ceedee Lamb, I think that's also really good in itself. Two, you know, Tyreek Hill being a high-powered, big play type of player, and Ceedee Lamb is going to be a lot more. High floor, but it's still a very high floor complimentary player. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think so too. Right. And that gives you potential as well to stack with Dak a yes. little, little bit later. Yes. And you know what I always say? Always stack with Dak. True, true, true. I like it because it rhymes. Now, so, I'm on the clock here. I've gone Jefferson in the first round. I think I would go... I've got in front of me Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Derek Henry, Amon Ra St. Brown. They're the four players I'm looking at. To be honest, I'm not really looking at Henry. At this point, I'm going to go another wide receiver. I want to uh, have a look at that. So Jefferson, I guess they're all Diggs, Adams, and St. Brown. They should all get volume. 
St. Brown has a little bit more competition for targets. He's probably got the second best quarterback. Sorry, let me just close my window because the bin men are coming. The bin men. Just say garbage man. The bin men. Just say the garbage man. What are you? Osama European? Um, Hold on. You fucking timed up. Time's up me. I'm going to go. Oh, oh with... time's up. I was really wondering what the hell that noise was. I was, I was having a mini panic that... attack going, what is that? What is that? <laughs> well, look, it gave me Devante Adams. No, no, I'm no, fine no, with no, that. No, 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 I'm removing, remove, remove, and remove. There we go. Yeah, you're back. So I was about to say, I'm fine with Devante Adams. We know what he is. I'm going to go with Diggs because we just don't know. Yes, we know what Devontae Adams is. He's one of the best wide receivers uh, we've ever seen. Um, he proved last year he can get his away from Aaron Rodgers. I want Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, high-powered offense, blah, 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 blah. They are going to have to be going balls to the wall this year. They still really don't have a running game. And, you know, who knows what Jimmy G is going to bring to the Raiders or whoever else they have there throwing in the ball. So give me Stefan Diggs here. Now, to be fair, I'm going to 100% agree with you. Stefan Diggs would be my personal pick on that draft. I think everybody should be trying to get a Stefan Diggs in their lineup. I don't think it'll ever do any harm. Now, yep. after that, Jamar Chase for Team 5 and then Josh Jacobs got taken right after that. I was hoping Josh Jacobs would fall to me, but he got taken right after. Unfortunate. Not mad at it. Team 5 made a good decision there. Team 4, they got Cooper Cup and Jalen Waddle. What are you thinking right there, Fast? Uh, Cooper Cup, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it too. Now, Team I'm 3. I'm okay with that. Chase and Jacobs is fine. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, Garrett Wilson probably like that the least. Yes, I'm going to say I like that even less than Jonathan Taylor and BJ Robinson. And B. John yeah. Robinson. I think I like that. Travis, those are both question marks at the position and at the draft position. Uh, Kelsey, I mean, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be solid. There's not going to be any issues with him. Not at 103. Garrett Wilson. Uh, I believe he's injured right now. Questionable offense, questionable division. And, I mean, it's, it's actually going to be a good defensive division against the Bills, Patriots, and even the Dolphins. Uh, not, Dolphins have a very good secondary. Exactly. So it's not where I would go with my wide receiver. I'm not going to have any confidence in any wide receiver, almost in that division entirely, other than Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, and then, I feel of like course, okay with Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Diggs. Yeah, he, he eluded me for some odd reason. Uh, but right now, I am on the clock. Yeah. I am on the clock, and Devontae Adams landed on my lap. And I can either go Devontae Adams or Derrick Henry. I feel pretty good with Christian McCaffrey being my only RB1. I'm going to I'm gonna tap Devontae Adams. And since I am the second pick right now in the second round, it's going to come back to me real fast. So if I want a running back, I'll be able to get one, no problem. So let me get Devontae Adams. And after that, Derrick Henry taken. And then since he was the first pick overall, he double tapped and got Jalen Adel in the, J, uh, Josh Allen. Josh sorry. Allen. Yeah, Josh Jaylen Allen. Allen. <laughs> Josh Allen in the end of the third. So we're gonna give it a quick pause. Uh, Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm okay with I'm it. Okay with so, it. It's nice. Yep. You look at that and go, yeah. Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Josh Allen. They're three name brands. You walk away from your draft going, yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got you got some solid. You sleep soundly. Yeah. Josh Allen, I think you would have been better getting a wide receiver, a Monroe St. Brown in that moment. And I think that would have benefited your team a little bit better. Sculpture and 
I guess, continuity-wise than Josh Allen. But, I mean, taking an uh, elite quarterback that has poten- running back potential, it's not too shabby in that offense. Uh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to knock on that. So let me, my pick is back. And like I mentioned, uh, Chris McCaffrey, Devontae Adams. And now I kind of have extreme fluidity on what I can do. I can go for Amon Ross St. Brown. I can go for Tony Pollard. I can grab Jalen Hurts. And I feel like that's probably where I am in the draft. I'm looking at Armandre Stevenson, and I think, no, I don't really want that. Uh, Mark Andrews, no, not really. Priest Hall, no, not really. Chris Olave, no, I don't. I think that's going way too far. And I'm looking at Amon Ross St. Brown and thinking, okay, so Chris McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, and Amon Ross St. Brown. My team looks really good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap on Amon Ross St. Brown and take him from the squad. How you feeling so about that? Next, uh, your picks? Maybe. Yeah, that's the one I would have gone yeah, for. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. Team three, again, making weird calls from Andre Stevenson. You know I love the Rhino, but he's being overdrafted. Team, team three, he's, they're on one. They're on one. Uh, Cup, Waddle, and Pollard. That's a nice little trio. I like that. That's good. It's nifty. And then Chase, Jacobs, Olave. Eh, not bad. I can't, I can't, it's, I can't. It's, it's fine. I'm on, the, on I'm on the clock here. I could take Jalen Hurts, the QB3. That's way too early, I think. And I don't have Devonta Smith. I could gamble on him coming back, but I don't want to... I'd, I'd rather have the player you're, and gamble on him coming back. Yeah, you're constricted at that point on your draft strategy. We talked about Brees Hall um, as a player you might not want to you know, pin your colors on. I think for me, there's two options here they are Brees Hall and Najee Harris I'm going to go the f- I'm going to go the floor of Najee Harris to match the ceiling of Jefferson and Diggs yes so I mean Justin Jefferson Stefan Diggs high ceiling players that are going to get productivity so I mean we say high ceiling but they still have good floors very good floors so Brees Hall is more fun yes but I think Najee Harris you know Najee you look at him I think he's going to be a low-end wide receiver one. And you're like, yep, cool. Yeah, and especially because you already have two solid wide receivers. You want the safety of Najee Harris because you know he's going to get touches. You know Whether he's productive or not is a different story, but he's going to get the opportunities to become productive. I really like that as well. It's where I would have personally gone as well. After that, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Reese Hall for Team 7, totaling his team. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I would okay have been with happy with, with Hall on my team. Yeah. I would the Hill-Hall combo. Now, I will say, I think for you, drafting two wide receivers in Team 7, drafting two wide receivers, and same Team 4, they drafted two wide receivers in the first two rounds. I think it is an absolute must to get a running back at that point. I think it, you had to get a running back. It doesn't matter who. It had to be a running back. Team 7 had to get a running back, which is Brees Hall. And it happened to fall in the ADP, so it's not like you're reaching or you're getting potential value, like it's it's where they're supposed to go. I would, I mean, I've got my eye on some people coming up in this round that I would be happy with as my third wide receiver. I don't like Alave as much as some others. I don't like T Higgins or Devonta Smith as my wide receiver. As my wide receiver three, I'm okay with that. But again, you're, you're taking a second option in an offense that early. They are good players. Give Give me the running back there. Yes, I think yeah, the running backs they uh, it landed in a spot where it made sense for you to draft it. But even if it didn't, 
I still feel like you should take a running back in that spot because you still need to be able to fill up two running backs that you can confidently start every single week. Hmm. Najee Harris yeah. and Brees Hall fit that bill. Now, after that, and the Brees Hall, Joey Burrow and Jalen Hurts went back-to-back from Team 8, Team 9. So they're rocking right now. Jonathan Taylor and B. John Robinson and Burrow. I don't like that at all. No, I don't really like no, that either. No, uh, I'm okay with Brown, Chubb, and Hurts, though. They've got that Brown, Hurts stack. Yeah, that is really... God, that's scary. You never want the Brown to hurt, no. but the Brown, Hurts stack is yeah, okay here. Yeah, and he's got a Chubb, too. God, Brown is going to hurt with Chubb. Oh, my God. Mm. The Brown, Chubb, Hurts. That's almost something. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice team name that I... Uh, you know what? I'm passing on his team. Saquon and then Team 10, they're kind of just doing their own thing right now. Saquon, Mahomes, T. Higgins, Ken Walker. He's got like, kind of like quietly putting down the squad. That's a that's a mess. It is a that's mess. That's a mess. It's a sand. It's a mess. There's no theory. There's no theory. He just said, you know what? I want it. And I want it. And I want it. And I want it. Yeah. Fair enough. That team will probably come out looking good. Let's uh, Let's roll it on here. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it. So after that, Mark Andrews, Devontae Smith, Keenan Allen, off the boards. Right now, Team 7, Terry Kale, C.D. Lamb, Brees Hall, and Keenan Allen. They got, they got three solid wide receivers, one solid running back. I think at this point, Team 7 should be taking running back, running back, running back to just to even out the squad, but I kind of like what Team Seven's doing. I, yeah. So I have, I've got two wide receivers and a running back. Yes. Uh, do you want to just pause the draft while I talk? Oh, yeah, go for it. So my options here, Travis Etienne, DK Metcalf, Jameer Gibbs, Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel. Could go for Joe Mixon, I suppose. Aaron Jones is probably a reach here. I kind of want Debo, but I think I'm going to go... I kind of want Debo, but I'm being drawn to DK Metcalf. Why? And with... Jefferson and Diggs. Metcalf has that beautiful ceiling as well. Um, we obviously don't... We're hoping Geno Smith backs up with another good year. I'm not sold on ETN. I'm not sold on that that Jacksonville offense. Um, I think there's a lot of moving parts there. And there's a lot of projection going on. Jefferson, Diggs, DK Metcalf. We talked about going for Harris because of that floor. DK Metcalf is that ceiling. You need points to win your league and that is the this is not a reference you will get this is the basball equivalent of fantasy football oh, i don't get it d d dk metcalf so you know if you look at you like lo- you love your baseball don't you it's pretty cool these are i'm looking at a team that are going to come out and then most of the guys they're just going to swing for home runs they might hit like 200 on the year but like they're going to hit a lot of dingers Yes, you need you need runs to win, and that's kind of what I'm thinking with DK Metcalf. Plus, I think this would just be a fun team to watch, and I don't mean fun. Yes, it'd be a fun team to watch on on Red Zone on a Sunday, but also just to like look at those points and go, "Holy shit, I dropped two hundred this week!" Oh god, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. So, so right, right now you're looking at Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, and DK Metcalf as your wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty nice. And then D- Najee Harris is your RB one. After that, you just kind of need something in the RB two position. Yeah, and then uh, you're looking you're looking pretty solid. Of course, there's still a flex in this, so you can go for yeah. another wide receiver technically. So I'm gonna hit resume for you. 
DK Metcalf taken. Travis Etienne after that. Gibbs. Joe J- Jameer Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, the old Washington coach. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. That's a hell of a pick. Jameer Gibbs, Lamar Jackson. God, the team three, he said something. I don't know what he said. He said something. I don't even know what to describe team three. It's a, it's a weird team. It could go either way. It's Kelsey Wilson, Stevenson, Jackson. Yes, yes. It could. I mean, if it hits, it hits. Yeah, not what I would do, but it hits. So right now, I am on the clock with Travis Etienne gone, Jameer Gibbs gone, Lamar Jackson gone. I'm a little bit sad about Lamar Jackson. I kind of wanted him. But right now, I'm at one running back with Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, and Amon Ra, St. Brown. So right now, I feel pretty fluid that I can kind of go anywhere with this pick and feel pretty solid considering the one, I do have another pick, just two picks more right after that. So I can kind of have the fluidity to pick who I want. And right now, in my ADP potential, I can go with Debo Samuel. But I have Christian McCaffrey. So is it realistic for me to double up on wide receiver to running back on the same team? I'd prefer to stay away from that. So Debo Samuel is not going to be on my list. And right now, I still need another wide receiver. Actually, I'm sorry. I need another running back to fill up the RB2 slot. And I see Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. I'm going to go Joe Mixon on this pick right here because one... Like I said, I do need another RB. And I feel like Joe Mixon in the fourth round, I feel like that's a pretty solid spot to take him. Yep, I'm okay with Joe Mixon there. Yeah. That would have been... I was hoping he'd come back, but thats uh, I don't think he ever was going to. No. Nah. And then right after that, Debo Samuel got taken. And then Amari Cooper. Ah, I was kind of hoping he would lean back to me. I wanted him as a wide receiver on my team. So now back to my pick. And now that I have two RBs, I could fill my slots. I do want another wide receiver. I know maybe not in theory, you know, you're kind of like forcing your team in a way. I feel like it's the best option that I could do right now. And as I, as I look at the wide receivers available, I see Calvin Ridley. And then after that, I feel like there's a significant drop off in talent. There's Terry McLaurin, yes. DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy. I want none of them. I want absolutely I, none of them. I think there's a pretty clear pick here, and it's none of those guys. Yeah, it's uh, Calvin Ridley. I do. I'm not the biggest fan of Calvin Ridley. So you you wouldn't do Calvin Ridley either. I would take Aaron Jones. You would take Aaron Jones. Yeah, I was thinking of. I think that that, that sews up your your running back. Yeah, and it, that and that will be my flex. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Calvin. Uh, you can bet on it. Cal- yeah, I mean, he, he literally did bet on it. So didn't he bet on the the Falcons winning? And he was on the Falcons. In fact, it was like, okay. Uh, yeah, but he wasn't playing. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he's clearly an idiot. Yeah. I have the same issue as with him as I, I did with ETN. Yeah, exactly. Now, Cal- you know, sometimes you just can't draft the player because he's an idiot. Calvin Ridley would be that player. <laughs> um. I'm back on the clock here. So, TJ Hawkinson, no. Alvin Kamara, even with that three-game suspension, I'm kind of interested. Yes. This late in. I don't want McLaurin, don't want Hopkins, don't really want J.K. Dobbins. For me, it's a toss-up here between Alvin Kamara and Miles Sanders. I think that Carolina offense is going to run through Miles Sanders. I do like Miles Sanders. I do like it a lot. I think he's going to be a solid value pick. 
and he can he can catch he can catch the ball as well. Um, so, for if if you're going Kamara, you have to get Jamal Williams later, and you saw at that backfield. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Alvin Kamara. Am I? Ooh. Okay. Miles Sanders. That three game. If you can live with that three game suspension, as I say, you need to build your team around that, and then you have Alvin Kamara back in. So, so I have a suggestion for you. Suggest why? Why not Alexander Madison? Uh, I think he's a bit fugazi, but also I have Jefferson on my team. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Okay. That's fair. What about Cam Akers? Cam Akers, I'm very interested in. Because if you pick Kamara, chances are Cam Akers will not come back to you. Uh, he's a long way down. I think he would. I think he probably would come back. I'm going to take Miles Sanders here. Okay. All right. I'm curious to see if if he does come back to you. And now I'm really interested. And it it he did. Wow. Okay. So this, he did. He, this, he did. Smash. I'm going to smash Cam Akers. Yeah, I think this will be my last pick. Yeah. That gives me six. Yes. So so just to 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 recap, since the Aaron Jones pick, Calvin Ridley went right after that. Justin Fields and Herbert went. I don't mind those picks at all. I think at that point, though, other than Justin Fields, I think uh, the uh, Justin Fields and early earlier QBs they're worth taking earlier in the draft. Other than Patrick Mahomes, yeah. After though, I would wait on Herbert or any type of non-running quarterback. At this point, you know, you might want to either, like we mentioned in last episode, stacking with your number one wide receiver or getting that better value later on in the draft and then grabbing one of those running backs before they disappear. Now, Miles Sanders, you took him. Alvin Kamara went right after that. TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin. They're all wide receivers or pass catchers that I do not want on my team. J.K. Dobbins went out after that. I think he'll be back for the... uh, Beginning yep. of the season, he's the first pick of the sixth round. DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, don't want them. Jerry Judy, I can make a case for. There's a lot of stink. There's After a lot of st- about the fourth round, there was a lot of stink. Yeah, there is. There is. I can make a case for drafting Jerry Judy. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't, le- I wouldn't leave the sixth round upset if Jerry Judy was my pick on that round. Uh, George Kittle, also not going to be too mad at that. And then, of course, Cam Akers came back to you in the sixth round round i think that is a easy smash of a draft pick right there i think that's gonna bring yeah. a lot of dividends yeah, he now he's gonna fill your flex role right yeah he's gonna be doing that quite a bit because right now you got justin jefferson stefan diggs Najee harris dk metcalf miles sanders and cam Akers. that that's that's a nice lineup right there i'm very pleased with that yes. i'm very pleased with that on the whole it looks uh, somewhat similar to a dynasty draft i'm in at the moment where again i smash uh, I, I double tapped Sanders acres in consecutive rounds in the middle of the draft. Yeah, it's it's going to be solid right there. I, I think uh, you cannot go wrong doing that. Now we're back all the way back to my pick. So after Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, Christian Watson. I'm a little bit sad about that. I really like Christian Watson this year. I think he's going to be a smash value pick. Like when you pick Christian Watson in the sixth round, you're guaranteeing to get a wide receiver, in my opinion better than that ADP. Like next year, he's not going to have a six-round ADP. He's going to be drafted in the third round, minimum. Yeah, close to it. Close to, I don't know. Well, it depends how he goes with love. I think it's going to go good. I think it's going to go good. I think it's going to go good with 
Like I, I really like Christian Watson as a wide receiver. I think he's a very good wide receiver, and I think with Jordan Love, I think there's going to be a lot of good things. Now, after that, Chris Godwin, and I'm going to tell everybody, don't draft Chris Godwin. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. He is the epitome of I like losing. <laughs> That's just Chris Godwin. He's just I like losing. If you draft him on your fantasy, like no no person has ever won their fantasy championship with Chris Godwin in his lineup. I guarantee it. Nobody's ever done it. I think I have. No, no, you haven't. And uh, <laughs> you just you, there's just no reason to ever have a person named Chris Godwin on your team. He is just always injured, inconsistent, and if he does good, it's on your bench. That's it. He's Mike Ev- Mike Williams. Just more annoying. And you've got probably Baker Mayfield throwing him the football this year. It's just, it's just nothing good. Offensive line is sketchy. Running back yeah. could be decent. It's just, I just don't do it. No, that's not. That's not. That's not what you're better than. That like you as a fan, you have to have your self respect. You're better than that. Don't take him. Uh, he's not worth. He's it. not worth it. Now b- back to me on my pick: Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Mon Ross, St. Brown, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. So I have three running backs. So taking one right now, it wouldn't be beneficial because I can't start him, right? And if you're taking a running back this early, like he should be in your starting lineup. I can't do that. So there's no reason for me to take one. So I'm looking at anybody but a running back. So if I look at the quarterback position, I don't have a quarterback. I could take somebody like Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Tua. I can't stack anybody. I can't stack anybody with those. So... And they're not running quarterbacks. I mean, they, they got a little, they got a little wiggle to them, but they're not running quarterbacks. So there's no reason for me to take one. It doesn't make feasible sense. I look at the tight ends, Kyle Pitts. I'm not doing Kyle Pitts. Nobody should ever do Kyle Pitts. He is basically the Chris <laughs> Godwin of tight ends. Like you just never win with him. No point taking him. I'd rather have a Darren Waller, Evan Ingram. Or just completely wait to the end of the draft and just kind of go for a flyer week to week. So right now I'm back to wide receivers and I see Drake London and I think you know what, Drake London's that dude. So I'm gonna take Drake London. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is is that where you would have went? Fair enough. Um, I'm okay with it. You're okay with it. You know I like Drake London. Yes. So person. So you know, let's put yourself in my shoes. What would you have personally done? Uh, in no, I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with Drake London. If you like Christian Watson, you should like Drake London. Um, I would potentially have gone DeAndre Swift. It is only a, a two. Well, you could start up to three running backs. Yeah. Um, I th- I think that's the best player available pick there is DeAndre. Swift. DeAndre, yeah. See, right now, if I look at the running backs, Alexander Madison, James Conner, DeAndre Swift are all available. Yeah, De- Javante Williams is also available, and Rashad White too as well. But the problem is, is that of course that would have been my fourth running back. Yeah. In the sixth round, and that's understanding team makeup. Yeah. Is knowing that you don't need to start, that you need to start three wide. Well, could start up to four wide receivers, but you only need to start two running backs. Yeah. So it just it wouldn't have made feasible sense. Now, of course, you know I'm I'm one. You know I'm the second pick of the draft, so it's coming back to me. I have a pick two picks later, so I mean I could take still. Swift, yeah, still takes Madison, and or, the, or any of those running backs still available. Uh, Madison and Swift probably be my next picks, but still, still, even then, it technically wouldn't benefit me if I took one of them. No, 
Like yeah. one of them will always be on my bench and I will sit there throughout the whole week going, oh God, I wonder which one I should start, which one I should start, who has a better matchup. And if one goes off on my bench and another one duds out, I feel kind of stupid the whole way through. Meanwhile, if I look at wide receivers, I see Brandon Ayuk available and that looks kind of nice. Yeah. Or in your case, Mike Williams. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. I, do love I, know. I just don't understand it. I just I really don't understand it. But all right. So that's going to be six round. So, so wait, wait, who's who's on the board? Hold on. Pause. I'm pausing this. So right now, that's six rounds. And I think we've kind of, I think, I think we kind of knocked out exactly what we needed to do. I feel like we've discussed a lot of who we'd want, who we like, a lot of breakdown of the process, especially in this early rounds. Yep. Yeah, I think we've done a really nice job of that, of looking at all those dip- different options, looking at how it could break for you, um, the importance of planning ahead, understanding what's coming up, but also being flexible. I think we've touched on uh, complementary drafting. It's it's been a it's been a nice little been a nice little show. I like this one a lot. This one I like. I really like it when we section out a specific part of the draft and then kind of deep dive it a little bit because we could really start breaking down thought processes. Like if we go throughout the whole draft, we could only slightly touch on everything and then we can't really break anything down. Even then I, sometimes I feel like we could have broken down things a little bit more deeper on the level, but I think we did a pretty good job on doing it without saturating everybody or uh, throwing out too much information that was too, too much to soak in. If that makes sense. I agree. There we go. I agree. I think I think the key takeaway out of all of this is, you know, obviously be flexible, but but think about who you're drafting. Yes, best player available is, is always a good strategy, but um, make sure you're drafting with an, an eye to the rounds ahead, but also an eye to who you already have picked. Yes, and I think the biggest thing you could do in this draft and the biggest mistake you can do in this draft is not know who to take in the first round and not having a plan A and a plan B. Like right now, for example... I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here talking about Christian McCaffrey, Eckler, or Jefferson, and somehow Travis Kelsey goes, goes yeah. third pick, and that kind of throws everything off. And then, of course, Cooper Cup went before that as well, which, I mean, okay, that's fine, but wasn't expecting that. So always have like a plan A and a plan B on who you want, who you're comfortable with, and what you're going to do after that. I would say as well, just a word of advice, we didn't, we, we didn't really do this at the time. If a weird pick happens ahead of you, just let it wash over you. Wait and make your pick. Don't go, oh my God, how could you take Kelsey at the third pick? Why would you not take Justin Jefferson? You haven't had your pick yet. You don't know what the people ahead of you are going to take. Yeah. Let it wash over you. Get your guy and then celebrate. No, 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 no. What you do is never knock somebody's draft pick. Never knock it because then he might start ADP drafting after that. Because he might have an even more wilder pick later on in the draft. And that's just somebody else that you can value. Like, never knock somebody. You know what? This is probably something that we need to discuss in the beginning of an episode. We'll probably do it next time. Never knock on somebody's draft pick. If he's making dumb decisions, let him keep doing it. Yep. Agreed. But all right. So that's going to have to wrap up this episode. Sheehan, where can everybody find you? You can find me on X. I'm at Sheehan Solo. You can find me on TikTok. I'm at solo you can hear me on screen pass uh wherever you get your podcast show about uh, football movies and video games and books and tv shows it's a lot of fun 
There we go. And you can find me at Top Tier Tactics on the score, but realistically, uh, there's not much there going on. Uh, other than that, hey, good luck, everybody. I'm ready for all today